Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. To our listeners, our sponsors, thank you so much for your support. If you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. We do have two other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network that we'd love you to check out. The Abstract Doctors podcast with Dr. G and Dr. C and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge podcast. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms and you can check out our websites. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com for information on subscription boxes and on upcoming events and workshops. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Very excited about the podcast today as I get to speak with author, motivational speaker, and host of Speak Your Success podcast and a former college basketball player, Jonathan Jones. We're going to chat about his incredible work he is doing with student athletes while helping them to just, to develop life skills and, and really attack their future. Also going to talk about his time as a student athlete himself. Make sure to stop by his site on Instagram, Jonathan Jones Speaks, and you can also check out his website, jonathanjonespeaks.com. Let's welcome Jonathan Jones. Mary has yeah, a there we go. Gotcha. Every once in a while, you know, you have to have, to have these technical difficulty setups. <laughs> of course, of course. It wouldn't, wouldn't be like if, it, if there wasn't. No, exactly. Well, dude, thank you for doing this. Like, um, I, I, you know, I thought it was really cool when you reached out. Um, and I think what you're doing is, is really interesting. But, you know, you've, you've listened to the podcast, as you, as you said, and I always, always like to start out the podcast, by the way, I'm recording. Uh, um, I always like to say that, you know, like this is your kind of platform and, you know, but I think you have like a really interesting thing. You know, you're a former college athlete. You started out at, at Richland, right? Community mm-hmm. college as a basketball player, then moved to UT Tyler um, and also Correct. played basketball. And, and you have so many different things that you're doing with, predominantly I, I mean i don't want to like say this for sure but like predominantly it seems like you're working with student athletes or with universities to kind of empower student athletes i mean you do ted talks you're an author you're an entrepreneur uh you're just doing like so many cool things and so <laughs> we can just jump in wherever you want to jump in really because um you know i i just think like what you're doing um, seems like really interesting and, and pretty important because I, you know, like you and I, t- when we talked a month ago or something, you know, mm-hmm. both of us are student athletes and we both know like how difficult that is. Um, True. and so I think what you're doing, I think is like really interesting and important. I think that now just in like in where, well, f- first of all, I want to say thank you just for, you know, just, just, just for every, everything that you just shared, Ryan, I really, I really appreciate it. And I mean, you're, what you're doing is phenomenal as well. Just just as like we've talked and what you're doing with your platform and connecting arts and athletes and showing us the intersection. And I think with that being said, I think that's why sports is, is just so amazing. Because I think that if you really take the time to re- research and you really look in whatever field you're in, there's an intersection somewhere that connects to sports. Because yeah. at the end of the day, sports is community. Sports is family. Sports is something where if wherever part of the country you're in, there's an hour of, of a Sunday or maybe three or five, depending on who you are, <laughs> where it, it doesn't matter color, race, creed, religion or anything like that. We can sit together and we can watch a football game and eat food. Those are two things that I've realized. <laughs> that, those are two things I realized, Ron, that no matter where you are, if you're hungry, <laughs> and you're you're extremely hungry. It doesn't matter who who's the one who gives you the food. You're you're gonna eat it. And then same with sports. If if we come from different parts of town, but then we go to the same high school, 
initially there there might be you know j- just a little bit of I, I guess a little bit of tension. But and remember the Titans, we saw eventually that they came on they came in one accord. So I'm excited to be here and and as you can tell, I'm I'm just I'm just I love that background am, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank that's, you. <laughs> that's, I love that. Um, no, it, it it is like I I agree. Like there's something um, there's something like about sports that does unite us in some ways. I mean, it also like pits us against one another. Like I'm a Buckeye. Like it's called the mm-hmm. abstract athlete as a kind of a little joke, but true. But like, you know, we hate people from the team up North. We can't even say them out loud, but you know, there, it's a mute, it's a mutual hate in the best of ways, like for sport. But it's, it's interesting to me. I th- I've talked about this on podcasts in the past, how, how sports, like it, like you said, it not just unites us, but it, it, it's, you know, during COVID, I mean, I'm so thankful that there's sports to watch because it's just been, obviously it's like, it's tough for everybody at the same time. I'm like, should they be playing sports? But like, I'm just glad that there is, but you know, you think about the history and how, how baseball has brought the country together in different ways over time, how football has done the same. You know, I think back about, you know, like after nine 11 and how like baseball, like, you know, the Mets and the Yankees, like that game was so important when they were playing and you know just like it kind of united us and so there is that and and just like that i i always think it doesn't mean when you're a kid if you're if even if you're not good i just think it's a it's important to play sports because it it helps us grow up and and the lessons learned in mm-hmm. in competition is lifelong and and so those things i th- i think are are really unique and important for us as humans certainly i've heard it said time and time again that sports is a, is a microcosm for life yep. and you know just thinking about all the lessons just like you're, you're talking about you you learn discipline you learn character you learn how to be respectful of you know another individual and you also learn how to compete and then we take those same we will take those same three attributes and then plug those into a job market Every every company culture wants somebody who who is a high character individual. They want somebody who knows how to respect not only the office space but also their colleagues. And then just the last piece, we we have to come together on one accord. So I, I think that's really the best way to break it down because there's so many lessons and just being disciplined and all that other stuff that we that that sports is a fun way to help us incorporate those things. If we talk about discipline. And then we look at discipline, maybe looking at the SEALs or maybe looking at the Green Berets or any 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 one of those areas, then you might not see those things as being fun per se. But that, that's, just, that's just how, how, how I just thought about it as we we're just sitting here talking. Did you so you're you're a basketball player, but did you play other mm-hmm. sports growing up as well? Like I attempted I attempted other sports. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I attempted I attempted T ball. Nice. Which I was not 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 great at. <laughs> I, I just couldn't connect. They they say put your eye on the ball and it, it didn't work. <laughs> then uh, with football, it was one of those things where I tried to hop on a little bit too late. I, I played football my first time in middle school, and of course those other guys, you know, they played pee wee and everything all the way up there. I tried to do track, and then they they had me doing long jump. I never jumped in an official meet, so <laughs> you know, the, the, list, the list goes. The list goes on and on. And then, honestly, I'm, honestly, Ron, I wasn't even that great at basketball. I was just one of the individuals who just showed up day after day after day. You were a grinder. I was just committed. Yeah, I, I was just committed. I was the one who was willing just to sacrifice my body. I love getting rebounds. Like I was, I was that guy. And then eventually, you know, I, I, I further evolved my my skill set a little bit. Dennis but, Rodman made a career out of being a rebounder. Oh I my mean, goodness! You know, yes. I mean, there like there's something to be said about those scrappy guys, and I I mean, in a lot of ways, I I think in some ways, like I was kind of that same way. Um, I I just I liked I loved the practice in some ways, like you know, like mm-hmm. I was a football player, like I had, I had an arm, like I could throw. A, 
football, like at, at the height of my time, like probably 70 yards, like, oh, wow. and, and, but baseball was my thing. Like I love baseball and I love basketball too, but I was, mm-hmm. I was short and athletic, athletic. I mean, I could dunk at five ten, but I have small oh. hands and, and you know, my coach didn't, it's, you know, but baseball was the thing I loved. And, and, and again, like I just, I keep going back to what you said earlier. It's sports is that thing that I just believe that it it's such a, there's such a community in that and not, not just with the players, but outwardly, you know, like, like you said, it's like, we could, you could, you could just ha- have no interest in your neighbor, but you could both be cowboy fans and just want to watch the game together, you know? And it's True. just like, there's something beautiful about that. Yeah. There, I, I really, I really think, I really think there is something really beautiful about just the culture that sports that sports provides, but even in addition to that, just the, the aspect of identity, right? Because yeah. with, with, with the sport, and then I'll, I'll stay with the analogy that, that we were just using, but there are many grown men, grown women, whoever, insert whoever in that category, to where on any given day, if you go out into the supermarket, you'll see this individual who has another man or another woman's name on their back and they're gung-ho about this team for whatever reason, I, I, I think um, I think it was HBO or maybe Netflix where they had an adult who was just so serious about a peewee football team that they were coaching because sports is beautiful. But if we're not careful, then we'll we'll lose our identities in the sport and screaming and yelling at peewee football players. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's crazy. So I'm like you you're an author. When did you, mm-hmm. when you're best selling, correct? Like, when did you, mm-hmm. when did you, um, like, is it just one book? I was trying to find like the name of it and I'm like, I was having trouble finding the name of it. That probably is on your site, but like, when did you release, when did you release the book? And, mm-hmm. and cause like, you know, like you have also have two podcasts. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Which okay. Is, so, okay. So. So the, the book, I, I wrote the book in 2016. 2016. I thought I was going to say 2015. I, that's what I thought I saw, but it was 2016. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was 20, 2016. It's entitled Process, yep. 14 Surprisingly Simple Behaviors to Skyrocket Millennials to Success. And, and that was me just taking content, taking life lessons, just like we were talking about with sports, taking life lessons that I've learned from bosses, from coaches, and my parents, and then putting them in a, in a book so that... That's what I did, right? Writing my first book and starting out, of course, I didn't feel worthy enough to even write a book, but my father gave me some, he gave me some encouragement. He gave me a little bit of encouragement. Um, so then, then, I, then I put the book out and then following the book, then the focus for me was how can I further spread this message? How can I continue to encourage other people? And that was when I started the, the podcast, which was Speak Your Success. Yep. And it was just like the book. Every episode, I would give tangible self-help strategies, and it was geared towards millennials and young professionals until until I hit a fork in the road, um, Ron, because I realized that, okay, on one side, me writing the book is, I mean, me having the podcast is a great thing. But on the other side of everything, if I want to speak and my target audience is college students, my target audience is young professionals. Me having this podcast and it being geared towards college students, they're not college students aren't going to pay me to speak. So after I did about 265 episodes, I realized, wait a minute, I need to do something else um, just to make the business plan make sense. So that was when I, I started Beyond the Ball, which was geared towards student athletes and focusing on stories, strategies and successes. If you really look at it, it, it all runs together. It, it's all a similar theme, but it's more so niche down. So now that's where the focus is working with student athletes and speak your success. I kind of put it on the shelf because I, it's, it's kind of like you, you're, it's kind of like writing one of those books that you just don't know when to end it. As an artist, I have those moments with the, with the painting. Yeah, I, I can't, it's like, I can't, can't bring the grips that I'm going to put, I'm just going to say, this is the final episode. And so I kind of <laughs> just stopped and it's just there. But but beyond the ball, beyond the ball, I'm I'm active on and I release episode every Wednesday. And yeah, that's that's my focus to really serve these student athletes. I'm curious, like how how did you get into this space? Um, I mean, was it something 
like it's cool that you said your dad your dad like like encouraged you to write the book did he encourage you to, like in in regards to because I, f- I feel like you are in like a space and in, in terms of like student athletes and kind of the, like i said earlier like you know the empowerment of of who they are in some ways and and thinking about them you know after the fact and you know again like you've done you've done ted talks like so you're very you're very comfortable with with that that process of of speaking whether it's in public whether it's on a podcast whether um and you've you've actually done uh workshops at universities how did you find that niche for you The niche came because I was in a place, <clears throat> Ron, I, I was in a place of disparity, in all honesty, because this happened, I, I launched Beyond the Ball in March. For the most part, I was partnering with colleges, universities, speaking to leadership, speaking to, to student leaders and organizations and things like that. And then when COVID hit, a lot of those events were being shut down, or now the events were getting shifted to where they're bringing in people who are comedians, people who you know, are influencers, are different type of high influential type people. And then I had to just, once again, go to the drawing board and say, okay, well, what can I do to ultimately where I can add value to this population or to a population? And then I started thinking, well, if they're, they're, they're student athletes and if I know that they're still playing sports, then there's an opportunity potentially there. So beyond the ball was started, and then Beyond the Ball was started as a resource, but ultimately it was started for me to solidify my credibility in the space, to get my name out there and you know I'm putting out content. So after that happened, then I just started seeing, okay, let me just talk to people in the space. Let me get to know more about what they need. Let me get to know more about where there's an area of opportunity. And then I reached out for it at school. University of Arkansas was the first school I partnered with. And after that, then I spoke with you know TCU, who I had a friend his girlfriend actually worked with their with, with one of their athletic programs. So this was what really helped me. And then as I began to identify what the struggle, what the challenge was for a lot of these, these young athletes, I identified some of that same challenge within myself when I initially graduated and then even when COVID hit as well. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say is like you, you working with student athletes obviously has probably a little special place in your soul because you were one and that understanding of like what it takes or, you know, the, the time that is just pressed upon a student athlete. Like I, I work with student athletes. I teach at Virginia Commonwealth university and, mm-hmm. and work with a lot of them through classes that I teach. And, you know, I think that they like the fact that, you know, like I was a student athlete. I understand the time constraints. I mean, you literally wake up in the morning and your day is built and there's mm-hmm. like yeah. literally no free time. And when there is free time, it's kind of just, it's almost like you're just staring at the wall because yeah. it, you know, I mean, it's tough and I don't mean that it, you know, like life's tough, uh, you know, and you, and at the end of the day, there's still playing the sport they love and so i don't want to like make anybody sound like that this is the worst thing in the world because <laughs> you know there's a choice you can play or not but it is it is it's a lot and and mm-hmm. but at the, you know at the same time it's it it makes them understand things like time management and how True. how important that is in life and uh so th- there's just a lot a lot there and I think the the area that you're in is is just really important, especially I'm sure when you're doing workshops to understand like how rewarding that is. Like I'm sure when you get done and there's student athletes that come up to you or something, or like you're probably doing stuff uh, virtually now, but mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of them are like really thankful to you to come in there and, and share experience and give them tips or, or you know, whatever. Yeah, the, that, that's actually the part I, I enjoy the most. The part I enjoy the most is connecting with them, you know, t- letting them know that that my line is open. You can shoot me a, a DM on Instagram. You can connect with me on TikTok or, or wherever, you know, j- just just creating a common ground to where they know that it's a safe space on this side of the screen or, or wherever, you know, wherever they'll reach out. So I really enjoy that. And 
ultimately, I think that's one of the best measuring sticks. Of course, it always doesn't happen, but I think that's one of the best measuring sticks to be able to know that you've left an impact. If somebody reaches out and they say, this stood out to me. I like when you said this, I'm a freshman. And now I know how important it is to understand who's in my friend group, who's in my corner, what type of habits I can begin to incorporate in my life to make sure I can be successful. So those are all great things to hear. And, and of course, the, we, we need to hear the feedback. I don't care who you are. You like to enjoy feedback. It's, it's just it's just one of those things that just helps us. OK, I'm, I'm on the right path. OK, this resonated. It's good to know. It's good to know. How, like thinking about you said you kind of started this new podcast in March. So in some ways, like your business is, is kind of organic in, 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 in terms of like, it's shifted a little bit more to the student athlete. Am I reading that correctly from what you said earlier? Mm -hmm. And, and like where I, I hate this question of, <laughs> in some ways, but where do you, where do you see this in five years because it does it's new ish in some ways for you mm -hmm. and it seems like it's a very valuable thing and could be valuable to to universities and like how do you see this growing um obviously like when covid ends and all this stuff is back like it, it, it it'll take on a different form i'm assuming but like what do you like how do you see this like kind of moving forward my plans for the future ron they're they're like so big <laughs> so well one you know just being in the podcast space and and a lot of the things that you hit on earlier talking about um how student athletes being an athlete they 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 learn time management and another thing is their leadership skills and respect character and just going down the line and then also thinking about some of the 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 nice competencies that's a reason why I think student athletes should start their own podcast. And, and I know how pressed they are for time, but even even understanding how pressed they are for time, a lot of them, as they get on buses, they get on planes. I guess some might get on trains. I don't know. But they still have like, you know, they still create YouTube channels and they still create content. But at the same time, while you're doing a video for Instagram, you can turn this into a minute podcast, a minute moment with Mark or Martha, you know, whoever it might be. So ultimately for me, what my what my business model will continue to look like, it will continue to look like just advocating for student athletes. So really honing in on what the need is after, you know, this cohort graduates and then what's the need next year when when it's. Total, totally different student athletes, especially understanding how the transfer portal works as well. So for me, <clears throat> it looks like continue just to develop content, maybe curriculum, and just creating a place to where student athletes will truly be ready for the career, career transition post-graduation in, in whatever form that looks like, you know, podcasts, workshops. Right. Yeah, no, like we, like, that's the thing is like, we have no idea what social media device is going to be out there in a mm -hmm. year, let alone five years. Cause you know, like that, there's the new, the new platform clubhouse that's out now, oh, which is, which is, I actually think it's kind of cool because it's, it's almost like daily Ted talks or something. Mm, um, wow. And yeah. so it's, you know, that the evolution of social media, which I think all of us probably have a love hate relationship with, I think that there's more, more good, at least I, you know, I'm an optimist, so I always have to say that, but I think like the potential of, of different platforms coming out and what that's going to look like is, is kind of fascinating to think about. Um, and I like this idea of, of student run podcasts, um, that could actually, evolve you know over time like it's it could be like the 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 texas a&m podcast but it's student run and you know every mm -hmm. year somebody else's runs it or what you know however they do it. and I, I think that's kind of in, interesting because you're right there's like there's like content and you know one of the things and i know i think you and i talked about this when we chatted a couple weeks ago that you know I hate that tagline because it's overused, but that more than an athlete tagline. Mm. And I think mm. what we're trying to show in, in our world is every one of us is creative and that it, whatever your creativity is, it doesn't matter. Like you could play guitar, like you can write poetry, you could paint, whatever, like all of us have something in us. And we're trying to show 
that that's a it's important because it shows that you're you have you know many layers to you as a human but it's also as a creativity is good for our mental health which is such a big thing that we're going through in society well finally people are starting to acknowledge it and talk about it i think covid is going to really ramp up those needs um and 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 discussions to talk about mental health and so like i think what you were saying is like could be interesting is like if it was a student run or whatever uh uh podcast those those discussions i continually just think are just important certainly and and just thinking about the fact of how how cathartic it could really be for an individual to share content or just share their thoughts without having to be seen because i think i think that's why clubhouse is also so popular as well because individuals can hop on their phone they don't have to put on makeup they don't have to cut their hair they don't have to shave their beard and then they can just talk freely or speak freely of course with you know students on on a podcast i would encourage them just to be aware of of what you be aware of oh, what yeah. what you're saying yeah. you know yeah, definitely definitely be um be very intentional with that aspect of it but on on the other side ron i think this is a great chance because with the student athlete being in that position they can create something just like you said that will continue to evolve but they can create something that ultimately could sustain their family in the long term and i'm just saying that just thinking of joe rogan and i know there's not going to be another joe rogan and i don't think we need another joe rogan you know he's great in his own respective area but, and you're close to him you can go visit him right <laughs> <laughs> but but at the same time at the same time you know i i think it's just a great opportunity just to grow skills you know learn a little bit about marketing same time improve your your written and verbal communication and really set yourself up for success if you decide okay the podcast was fun gave it a good run now i'm done with it you leave with a total different skill set that you might have not would have gotten which is creative again like yeah, there's yeah. there's 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 creativity and just this dialogue that we have that ability to talk to people or have mm -hmm. conversation it, there's a there's a creativity in that and i i don't mean that in like a it's it's a difficult thing, but like learning to have conversation is a creative element. Mm -hmm. and, and, it's, and especially the aspect of just verbal cues, yep. learning to know when to respond, learning to learning to listen intently and actively, because that that's something now that is becoming a lost art in itself, because we're we're with screens in our faces all the time. Yep. And we put LOL on comments <laughs> and we don't even laugh out loud. So it's right. just one of those things. To where it, it helps create that human connection and that human touch. But you, so your, your education was in psychology and, and counseling, correct? Is that like your yeah. two, your two degrees? You have two, right? So I have, I have one and a half. One. Okay. <laughs> I like that. That's better. <laughs> so I, I, I received my associate's degree and then I received my associate's degree at my junior college and yeah. then at the University of Texas at Tyler, that was when I, I did get the bachelor's in psychology. Yeah. However, right around the time I was going through counseling graduate school, that was when I got bit by the speaking bug. And then that helped me realize that I wasn't as devoted or encouraged or inspired to finish that degree just based on the fact of I didn't want it as bad as I thought I did. And I wanted it for the wrong reasons. I, I really wanted it for the wrong reasons. So psychology is my bread and butter. And currently, Ron, I've been looking back and forth and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it might be time for me to, to, to enroll back in school. So, <laughs> deeper yeah. and deeper in debt. Oh, yes. The fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm way down in that, in that one for sure. Uh, which I, it's, you know, I always say it was worth it. Um, at least for me, because the way that the, you know, being an art, an art major or whatever. I just think that community at art school is such an important, mm. you know, it's being like on a team. It's the same, same kind of analogy. And that's why Chris and, and Mike and, and Daryl and I like business partners always kind of talk about those, those, the ways that art and, and sport overlap. And it's just, it's, it's infinite in some ways, like just, you know, to the, to the subtlest of, of things to the biggest things. So. 
just a quick break to remind everybody to stop by Jonathan's site on Instagram at Jonathan Jones Speaks, or you can check out his website at jonathanjonespeaks.com. Also, remember, we have two other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge podcast. You can follow us on all of our social media platforms or check out all of our websites. Now, back to Jonathan. always curious like like influences like who inspires you and who like whether it's you know people you don't know like you know like a Michael Jordan or or Mm -hmm. you know or stuff like that or if it you know like was a teacher or you know bunches of people but I always think it's interesting to hear like those people that kind of like are pushing us forward I guess well, Ron, actually, I have <clears throat> so actually, I have Michael Jordan's number in my phone. Just, oh. kidding. just kidding, just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, so of course, my you know, my mother and father put me in a great position growing up, uh, putting me in position with different mentors, and just thinking. Um, then I'll, I'll, I'll list a few from back then, and I'll list a few now. <clears throat> so, in, in regards to me first starting out, just having my first job would be Dr. Harry Robinson. He's the He's the CEO of the African-American Museum in Dallas. And he allowed my brother as, 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 well, as, as well as myself to have an opportunity to where we were doing a job, but we weren't necessarily doing a job. But he, he put us in the environment to really be successful. So Dr. Harry Robinson is one gentleman. Uh, Dr. Daniel Prescott, he constantly put me in positions where I have the opportunity to speak. He put me behind a podium for me having the first chance to ever speak anywhere. And I was like, really, really just blown away because it was leading up to the event. And, you know, I, I was I was his right hand man and he was setting me up to ultimately where he could pass the organization off to me. And I was like, no, I don't I don't want to do that. <laughs> but initially starting out, he would say, Jonathan, do you want to speak at this thing? Do you want to go here? And I was like, no, I actually don't. And he said, well. <laughs> You're going to go here and I want you to let the lady know when you get there tomorrow that I couldn't make it, but you're filling in for me. And I said, "Okay, well, you don't want me to let her know that right now, like tonight so she can have time to put somebody else. He said, no, just just tell her tomorrow. It'll be fine. Just tell her tomorrow. So I show up the next day and I, I get there and I'm ready to, to to speak. And she's like, where's Dr. Dr. Prescott? And I was like, oh, he's not coming. He told me to fill in, fill in for him. And he knew that by telling her this late that ultimately she wouldn't have time to put somebody else in position, but he put me in position and I, you know, read through the verses and I read over a prayer and I had the opportunity to take that opportunity to now, you know, put that on a resume. And so those are, those are a few influences that have, you know, really just empowered me um, early, early in life. And, and and then outside of them, I've had coaches like business coaches um, and my father, was the one who charged me. He charged me $5,000 to write my book. And <laughs> That's awesome. It, it was the best life lesson ever. Best life lesson ever. $5,000 to write my book. He walked me through the whole process, but ultimately it taught me to really invest in myself. And I think that's one thing that sometimes we can get, sometimes we can lose that, that message or we don't even get that message because so, there's always somebody who's willing to hop in and save us. Because personally, if you you think about it, coaches all the way down the line to parents, they want to protect us sometimes, depending on who the individual is and depending on what their personality is. Like, oh, no, don't do that. Oh, don't be an entrepreneur. Don't go out there and do that. I want to make sure you're safe. I want to make sure that, you know, you're good. My dad said, no, son, it's $5,000. He walked me through the process. I paid it. And now I'm grateful because now I really believe in investing myself. And now I know if I invest then I really have to, I really have to put up or I have to shut up. Well, and also it, I, I love that for one, but it's also like he was, you know, the, not that you did fail, but I like the fact mm-hmm. that he was just like, you have to try. I, I talk about failure, failure all the time with students and people we work with, because I think it's that, that kind of, fear the the pressure of society that if you fail like it's over or if mm-hmm. you're if you're a student athlete if you're a student like and i bring the the baseball analogy into it 
where it's baseball players. If you succeed 30% of the time, you're, mm-hmm. you're like the best player in the world. And I think, I think that's the same as an artist. Like, don't wow. be afraid to fail. You fail. Like you have put it out there, try it. I mean, like, I, you know, that first time it's almost like that doctor you said that puts you on, uh, uh, to speak. It's like, mm-hmm. here, here you go. Here's your platform. They, they don't have a choice to put you on the platform because I'm telling <laughs> you to go do this. And and if you fail, it's okay. Like you're doing it. Like you're, you're, I, I have, I have this doctor meaning has faith in you go do it. And, and mm-hmm. I love that, like that, 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 that want and that, that will and that kind of pushing, pushing in, in it, in a, in a great way that it's, Oh, it's basically saying it's okay if you don't succeed now, because I have, I believe in you in the long run, you know, and I think that's awesome. There, there are so many opportunities to where we really can grow and really see how resourceful we are. But if we're never put to that limit, then we we won't ever know. We 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 really will never. And I'm thinking about this now. This is the, probably one of the worst analogies ever. Um, not one of the worst ever, but it's just funny. I'm thinking about it. I remember my my dad would write me checks for lunch, and he usually would write me a check for like twenty dollars. That'd be enough for lunch for the week. And then one day, I think he ran out of checks, and I'm like, Dad, I need lunch money. He said, Son, just ask somebody at school. Ask a friend. Can you borrow like a dollar, two dollars, get lunch, and you know, I'll make sure that you're taken care of tomorrow. I went to lunch and I sat there and I didn't eat anything because I was too afraid to ask people to, would they be given, would they be willing to give me money? At the end of the day, that's entrepreneurship 101. You have to be resourceful with what you have. And if that's nothing, then you have to make it into something. And I think that's one of those things that we have to put into play a little bit more often because I heard a coach say this. She said, I always let my student athletes know. I always let the student athletes know that they're capable of doing hard things. Sometimes it's, it's a cop-out. Like I, I remember having one coach, and if somebody didn't run and wasn't in the position they're supposed to be for the particular play, then the coach would say, oh, no, it's okay. I know you wanted to get there. Oh, I know you wanted to get there. No, coach, he didn't want to get there, and he didn't get there. Hold him accountable. Yep. If not, you know, when it comes time and you're in, in a corporate environment and you're a corporate athlete or you're an artist and you had to make a deadline, Nobody's going to hop in to save you and say, oh, we understand you wanted to do this, even though the contract said you would, but you didn't. So now somebody has to somebody has to pay the price. You know, on your on your website, you have like that. There's the tab that, you know, you like you do coaching, but it's more for for. Uh, I don't like wellness and, and, and empowering and stuff. But is have you ever thought about like coaching team sport, like sports stuff? Has that ever been a, a goal of yours or, or, or teaching? Like, I, I, you know, is that something you've ever thought about? I've, I've never, I've never really thought about that. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, the, the, the aspect of a, the aspect of a coach for a team. I mean, I think that'd be a great opportunity, but I've never, I've never even thought about that. That's a great <laughs> well, now you have to pay me a retainer for that. I know. <laughs> no, I mean, cause it, it, it is, I do think that there's overlap in terms of what you're doing, because even when you're doing workshops and and stuff with student athletes, it's basically being a coach. It's coming at things from a different space because Mm -hmm. obviously you're not giving the X and O's of the game or something, but you're still, you're, you're teaching, you know, Mm -hmm. which, which coaches do. And, and you're giving them, the ability to overcome certain situations or, or whatever, like you're setting up, you're setting up like roadblocks in some ways for future. Like, well, here's this thing. How are you going to react? How, you know, which again, like to me, it's, it's very much like being a coach. I don't know. It was just like more of a curiosity. Uh, that's, that's a great question. That's a great question. I've never even, I've never even really thought about it, but I, but I have played around and I assisted a coach or I've assisted a few friends of mine just being, you know, like an assistant coach at like a rec league game with some kids. Um, but I've never, never took it anything further than that, but I really enjoyed that. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just like that question because you, you obviously love sports still. Mm-hmm. Um, you came from a background of, of playing and, and you're still surrounded by that space. And so I think, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's one of those, one of those, huh? 
<laughs> That's fair. Um, That's fair. Who like I'm I'm who, so you're you're a, a Texas person like you grew grew up there. So what like do you still follow sports in general? Like is it more more basketball and is it all is it Texas team? Like what's your what's your teams? Do you still follow these these things we follow as adults? <laughs> So grow, growing up, I watched entirely too much Sports Center. I would watch That's not Sports possible. Center. That's not possible. I would just watch. I would watch the same Sports Center and just run all day. And I would watch it in the morning and then watch it in the evening and see what just I kind of missed, even though it was basically the same. And now I really don't. I rarely watch sports. I, I still love them. I still love them, but I rarely watch them. Um, so I watch the Super Bowl. But outside of that. Uh, here at our house, we have Netflix, we have Hulu, and we have like HBO. So we, we watch the movies at night. But throughout the course of the day, for me now, I, I really enjoy hearing interviews and hearing athletes' experiences as well as high performers and just individuals who have done great things and even people who have amazing stories, which anybody can fall in that category. So that's really what I enjoy doing now, just really developing my mind and seeing how other people think. And really just, you know, growing in that way. Of course, listen to podcasts too. So <laughs> a little, a little pimping out there. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you watch the, uh, speaking of Jordan, did you watch the documentary on him? Yes, I, I did. I did watch, uh, I, I did watch, what was it called? Last the, Dance. Last, yeah. the Last Dance. Yes. I, I, I did watch it and I saw, I saw a different side of him. I saw a different side of Scottie Pippen. And when you really break it down, and just thinking about Michael Jordan, you know, he has to be some form of possessed. And I say that just being the type of leader that he was into to be able to command six championships, just the same with Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady is, is possessed in a certain way, not necessarily negative, but he's just so driven to be that great. That if, if you're not on the same mission as him, then you have to get the heck out of the way. Yeah. And it's and, and and that and that's just and that's just it. So, you know, watching those type of performers and watching those type of individuals, that really drives me to see a Tom Brady and watch his documentary and he's sitting here with the remote and he'll sit here and watch film for hours and hours and then you think to yourself, well, am I that committed to anything? So that's one of the things that really just challenges me just thinking about how I develop my own mind and, and then even how I prepare to serve when I speak to student athletes or young professionals or whoever it might be. So I just try to take some of what they do and then apply it into my life somewhere. Of course, not all of it. Cause I don't want to lose my mind. <laughs> no, but I, I do. I, that's a great way to say it is there, there is a drive. And I don't think that that's, I, I agree. I don't think it's necessarily normal um, for everybody to have that kind of drive. And what does that look like outside of sports? Like is a Mark Cuban like driven, like, you know what I mean? Like obviously, <laughs> obviously they are, but it's, it's a curious thing. Cause I agree. I mean, I, I physically can't like Tom Brady because he's from Michigan. So, <laughs> um, so but I, I, he's the goat. Like you can't say anything different about him. Like True. he is. And he is like to this day, he still uses the fact that he was drafted in the sixth round as a motivating factor. And you would think like most normal people after they won their fourth Super Bowl is like, well, I kind of proved everybody wrong, but he still uses yeah. that. And that function of being able to use that still, it's, it's like, he's, it's like he makes up stuff in his head. It's like somebody called me an awful, I can't throw the deep ball. I'll show him. And it's like, how, like using that as motivation. I think motivation is like a, is an interesting word inside and outside of sports and how, like, for instance, like how you could use that for a student athletes and, and what does that look like? And, you know, is it like reiterating, like, this is what Tom Brady or, or a Michael Jordan did, or is it like, this is, you know, like I'll use Cuban again. Like he started from this place and look where he is now because he's motivated. You know, I, I think those things are interesting in how we operate in society, you know? I, I, I think motivation is, 
it is, is very interesting. And, and at the same time, I think it can be very complex because how does one take being drafted in the sixth round for a Tom Brady and then, you know, still use that 20 years later? Well, it's more than 20 years later, actually. So thinking about that and then Michael Jordan, the same thing. Like they said, he would have to find stuff to really motivate him and drive him. But I think that's one of the things that determines if somebody's a self-starter as opposed to, you know, if somebody needs to be motivated by outside elements and different things like that. Because at the end of the day, Tom Brady is driven. Michael Jordan is driven. These are individuals we can't even, you know, we can't even take that away from them. But at the same time, to still get up and go through the activity when your body is tired, when your mind is, is disengaged, but you're still, you're just so locked in because it's not routine. It's more so discipline. It's, it's mind baffling. Uh, yeah. Now I, again, like, but that's, that's, I think the beauty of sports is watching those moments. I thought the Super Bowl sucked because it was just a horrible game this year, but just, just watching greatness you know, and it's, I, I don't, yeah, I agree. Like it is kind of baffling to, to kind of comprehend some of that sometimes because I'm, I'm like a super driven person. And I do think that that comes from sports and from kind of having to, I I always felt like I always had to work harder than a lot of people I played with. And, mm -hmm. and so like, I have that, like, that's part of my DNA. And, and I take that, this is another reason why I think sports is so important. I take that into my art studio. I take that into how I teach because I feel I owe it to my students to be as good as I can be or be there for them as, as much as humanly possible. And I know that that comes from my sports background and how I was, you know, kind of raised in that space. Do you feel like, I mean, does that some of some of like your drive you think is, you know, from your sports background in terms of how you kind of attack the day and in, in terms of your, your speaking, uh, your, your books, um, your, your workshops and stuff. Is that something you ever think about? Most definitely. And I think one of the best questions to frame that is just ultimately, how are we keeping score? Because it's easy when we look at sports at the end of the day, the team that has the most points, typically the team that has the least turnovers, if we're talking basketball or football, that's the team that's going to win the game. So now it's just taking some of these things and these concepts and then keeping score in that way, right? How many lives can I impact? Or ultimately, you know, what message is going to be the equivalent to a deep ball? <laughs> yeah. And then really just, just thinking about things that way, because I, I am personally motivated, but there are some days to where I feel that I didn't, I didn't read the scouting report or I could have done a better job of preparing. And then after I present, I feel that despite what anybody says, despite what the decision maker tells me, despite what the student athletes tell me, I still don't feel as I did as well as I could have if I, if I know I didn't put in the preparation that I typically do. So to answer your question, yes. Um, I, I definitely believe that, you know, bringing sports over uh, or at least the mindset just the competitive mindset, the driven mindset, the, the, the motivated mindset to, to really accomplish a goal, I, I think is, is one of the biggest things that drives me to accomplish the goal, accomplish the goal. And what's what like just like what's that's a good th goals. I mean, mm -hmm. what do you what do you like? What are your goals going forward? Because I think, again, what's what's cool is in some ways you know, I mentioned this earlier, like your, your, your platform is kind of organic, like it's, mm -hmm. it's shifting and, and, and moving. And we, I know we kind of touched on this earlier, but like, again, what do you like, is it getting into every university with your, your, um, your message? Is that, is that, would that be like a, you know, that's a huge goal obviously, but is that something like you, you would love to, to do? That is a huge goal. And now you're, you're really getting my mind going. You're really getting my mind going. Because in, initially the goal that, that 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 was for me was, I'm not sure when it came to my mind, but I wanted to empower and truly equip 1 million student athletes to successfully go from college to career by 2024. That, that was a goal 
that was impressed upon me. I, I don't know why exactly, but I was just encouraged by that. But as I'm thinking now, I would love to go speak at every university. That that would be that would be amazing. But also, there's only so many days in the year. I also want to continue to stay married <laughs> and, and understanding doing that. Well, now with COVID, I mean, it could be possible. But at the same time, you know, that, that that's just something that really challenged me. So in regards to goals, I still want to stay consistent with that goal. But it could look like me duplicating myself. So producing curriculum and producing a platform to where then content can be licensed out to where these individuals can still get this content. They still can be prepared to go from college to career. And at the same time, I still can stay married and I still would, you know, have a little bit of time to do other things and to be be able to make a a lasting impact in that way. So that's the goal for me, just to really create a legacy, but also position my my family to where we're not, to to where we have just a level of personal freedom, just personal freedom. Uh, is is really big for me. So those would be the things I'd say for my goals. And then just one real, real, real tangible one is I've always wanted to write a New York Times bestselling book. I've always just wanted to. That's a damn good goal right there. Yeah. See, yeah. Do it. Do it. Not to not to steal Nike's line, but maybe <laughs> one maybe one last kind of question in in the in the goal or not the goal strategy or area or whatever. But I mean, you do predominantly work with with student athletes, obviously, and it's predominantly mm-hmm. in college. Have you ever thought about expanding that to high schools? And and have you ever thought about working with professional athletes? You know, I mean, obviously that the message would shift in some ways. Um, slightly, believe it or not, slightly, slightly. And, and I know, you know, Ron, cause you're, you're in the space working, working with student athletes and you know, you're, you're a student athlete. But really looking back, and, and I'm going to frame this just by using uh, the Tiger Woods documentary. I watched this documentary on HBO the other day. Oh, my goodness, Ron. It's so good. It's two parts. It's like three hours. It's yep. so good. Oh, I've, yep, seen it. Yep. But how they broke down what happened with him when his dad passed away. And then they talked about how he didn't know who he was. And then he was thinking about enlisting, I believe, like in the Navy or in the Army. It was one of the two. And as I'm watching this, I'm like, wow. And Tiger Woods, he's competed and played golf all his life. So thinking about just the lens of helping individuals transition from one aspect to another in their lives, I think it's necessary. And I I have begun to do this work a little bit. I started working with a former WNBA player, as well as I'm working with two young ladies who are pro volleyball players overseas. And I'm working with them just to see what this could look like and to see how different the needs are. But definitely in, in the in the in the future, I think there's going to be opportunity to to stretch or to expand to high school and especially working with professional athletes as well, because we all are challenged with identity. We all if we're not careful that identity foreclosure will really take us out. And then lastly. There are just some skills that we we have, but sometimes we just don't know where to plug them or where to apply the pressure. So I think there is a great opportunity. I'm looking forward to the opportunity and and we're going to continue to expand for sure. Well, and I think, I mean, again, like just to kind of put a little addendum to that, because one of the things like, you know, some of the retired professional athletes we work with, and even, you know, when, when the end of your playing days are over, Mm -hmm. It's like you were you were probably defined as a basketball player in some respects. I was defined as an athlete growing up. And then when you stop, it's just like, who am I? You know, like mm-hmm. who and it is that that, you know, air quotes more than an athlete thing. But a lot of people don't know what that more is yet. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that that's it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting to think about what you're doing in, in your space, but it still it still works in in high school space, it works in professional and or, you know, retired professional athlete space because it, you know, we're all still, it's, it's that empowerment thing component that I think that you're putting out there that I think is really important to everybody. Definitely. We're, we're, we're all still figuring it out, Ron, if we're honest, you're still figuring it out. I'm still figuring it yep. out at the, at the end of the day, the people that we're leading 
they may just be one or two steps behind us. And that might be because we might have read this book or we were introduced to this person at this time in our lives. So then we started taking that instruction. Yep. And I, I think that's one of the biggest things that we just have to. I think that's one of the biggest things we have to understand just in this social media crop and digitized generation is that there's a lot of other things outside of the frame. You're not seeing the complete picture. And if you're not seeing the complete picture, you don't have all of the facts. So I think that's why we have to be so careful when we compare ourselves to other individuals. That's why we have to be so careful when we see somebody who on one side who appears to have it all, but then we open up you know, the, our phone and we see that that person committed suicide. Yeah. We're, we're, just, we're all figuring it out. And, you know, I, all, all the athletes, former that's why, athletes. That's why these discussions athletes. are so important. Yeah. Know? Yeah. We, we have to take time and just, we have to take time and really, we, we have to just frame where we are and then think about where we truly want to go and what we truly want to be known for. Because yes, you were a football player. That's great. Now it's time to transition on to something else. If not, you'll forever be known as that guy who used to play football, that young lady who used to play football. So we have to find those passions, identify those things, and then we have to just really drill down. Okay, one last question. What's your favorite music? <laughs> I always li- I always liked it. Yeah, not always, but I, I liked it. <laughs> hey, okay. So for me, I, I can really appreciate just some good R&B. Yep. Good R&B. I, I've, oh, yeah. I, I've, always, I've always enjoyed... I've all, I've always enjoyed listening to, to R&B or slow jams before basketball games. And it, it, even though it, se- it sounds so funny, but I, I would I would listen to, you know, Cindy Lauper time after time and different things like that before, just before That's basketball awesome. games. Because you can't be hyped the whole time. Yeah. You'll lose your mind. Yeah. So R&B, R&B definitely is my music of choice. And then after, you know, after I, I'll listen to a little bit of R&B, then, of course, I'll switch over to listening to a podcast. There you go. There you go. Cool. Well, dude, I like really, I, I you know, I think <clears throat> our, our dialogue is going to go well past this podcast. And because, you know, we do, there is like some overlap in, in kind of some of the stuff we do. And, you know, um, I, I really look forward to, you know, continuing our conversation. Um, and I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm super happy you reached out uh, a couple weeks ago because it's, it's, um, what you know i think what you're doing is like really important and uh so i yeah as i said i just i really look forward to continued conversation and um moving forward and seeing where we are in a year (laughs) even though i know we'll talk before that but you know just interested to see where we're what we're both doing in a year because i think we're both doing some things that is you know really really important stuff in the world I certainly agree. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for the work that you're doing, especially being being hands on with student athletes day in and day out and just, you know, leading students as well. So uh, much respect for, for the way that you pour out and the way that you lead. And and, and thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, um, this will probably I think I got this down for March 15th ish, somewhere in there. Um, and I'll just I usually just snipe out like some images from um, from the podcast picture here and I'll, you know, we'll promote the website and, and all that stuff and, um, give out, give out your, you know, your Twitter handle and, and stuff. And, um, but yeah, just, uh, as I said, look forward to, you know, continued conversation and stuff and, um, and thank you. Thank you for thank doing you. it. Cool. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Stay warm. Yeah. Stay warm. Yeah. We're in the, are you in the middle of an ice storm down there too? Uh, we are, <clears throat> we're not in the middle of an ice okay. storm, but, uh, it, so are you little, in Dallas? Ground, I'm, I'm in, yeah, I'm in okay. Dallas. So thought, a little bit of the ground froze over, but yeah. no, cause not. my little sister's in Oklahoma city and I was talking to her yesterday and they were supposed to get a, a, an ice storm and we're getting one here in Richmond. I'm actually hoping that none of my trees fall down in the backyard. So, cause it's getting to that point where he's like, you look outside and all the trees are kind of doing that. So we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll thanks. see. But well, dude, um, like I said, I'll catch up with you soon. Um, and again, keep keep doing what you're doing because it's great. And uh, thank you again. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, man. Have a good Bye-bye. one. Bye. Just a huge thank you to Jonathan for coming on the podcast today. Really love all of the cool things he is doing with 
to inspire student athletes and how he is very much engaging them in their journeys. Again, make sure to stop by his site on Instagram, Jonathan Jones Speaks, or you can check out his website, jonathanjonespeaks.com. Do not forget to listen to the other podcasts we have on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. You can follow us at theabstractdoctors.com or follow us on social media under The Abstract Doctors and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media under One Man's Ethos or check out our website, onemansethos.com. You can also follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandridge or on Twitter at Tony underscore Mandridge, or you can stop by his website, TonyMandridge.com. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information, including daily creative training journals and subscription boxes. See you next time when we talk with an incredible artist and former Maryland and NFL defensive back, Kevin Barnes. Thanks as always, and do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.